0: Remember where we were? How pride filled we were? How self consumed we were? Remember how totally lost we were and then Jesus? Remember how wrong we were and then Jesus? Remember Jesus? And tonight, if the whole world wants to go crazy, and if the whole church wants to forget about Jesus, tonight in Snyder, Texas, in this church, there are people that are looking at the Lord. And when he looks down, he sees people looking back at him. And so, Natalie, we're going to sing that again. And as we do it, you don't have to, to get on your knees, but let your heart bow low. Let your heart bow low as you remember the majesty of this King Jesus, as you remember the sacrifice of this King Jesus, as you remember the greatest friend that any of us have ever had. You ain't never had a friend like Jesus. The greatest lover, the greatest husband. The Bible says your maker is your husband. Your husband is your maker. We've never had a better spouse. We've never had a better connection. We've never had a better mentor or a better leader. We've never had anything better than Jesus. And so tonight, we're going to make sure that as he's looking down at the earth, he sees just a few people looking back up. Hey, Daddy, we're not distracted in this house. We remember. We remember you, Jesus.
1: We thought. we bow low, faces down to the ground in your presence, Lord, with our tears. Presence of the
0: Lord moving on hearts. You are I know He's moving on mine. Oh, you're holy,
1: Jesus. Holy. Just
0: wash him with your attention you right now. Holy. Just pour your oil out like the woman holy. in Mark 14 who broke the oil over holy. the Lord. Oh, let your heart pour out your oil.
1: Are you, Lord, lovely Jesus. Lovely. Oh, he's so lovely. thank
0: you Holy Spirit for your presence in this place what we feel now is Holy Spirit the promise of Jesus affirming that Jesus keeps his promises that when Jesus said I'm going to go back to the Father but I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit who's going to comfort you and set you on fire In here tonight which proves jesus is not a liar when he said i will send you comfort here it is here he is i will send you revival i will send you hope here it is tonight in this room so we thank you holy spirit for proving to us, for being a witness to us that Jesus is not a liar and every word he speaks is true. And we thank you, Jesus, for sending us your precious Holy Spirit, like sending a pearl into the mud. You sent your Spirit. You graciously gave us your Spirit. And we thank you, Abba, Father in heaven, for giving us your Son, Jesus The greatest gift you've ever given, Father, is your Son. And Jesus, the greatest gift you've ever given is your Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us all kind of gifts like peace, joy, love, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. When the whole world's losing their control, we have self-control. We thank you, Lord, for coming into this room tonight. And we anticipate meeting with you in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. B, I'll have you come back in a little bit. We're gonna uh, dig into the Word. Is that okay? So, can we open this up? Can I see some some joy? Can I see- hold them up? If you if you got your phone, that's okay. That's all right. Hold them. Yeah, yes. You want to know what the whole world is lost about? This. You want to know what they're stumbling over? This. You want to know what is offending them? This. This is what the world's going crazy over right now. This is what they're rejecting. And the ones that fully accepted, you want to know what's giving us peace right now? This. You want to know what's giving me a sound mind? This. You want to know what I'm not? Crazy. You want to know why? This people change like the weather they change their opinions like the weatherman changes the forecast you want to know why they don't have this that's why we have one report on Monday and another on Tuesday and all the people are running but I'm standing on this and if I'm fiery hot and passionate tonight it's because quarantine kept me locked up and I'm a lioness out tonight I spilt a Coke the other day, and the Coke shot up and swung all over the kitchen, and Jade said, "That Jade, that's, said, that's you, Jade, once you preach. You've been bottled up too long. The Word of God is our life source. I just did a devotional. You want to know what the whole point was for people to read this? It wasn't to promote our ministry. It wasn't 1099 to log in, which I don't care if it's 1099, whatever, but mine wasn't. You didn't have to go through a 10-step plan to join and get a membership. I just wanted you to read this. Because people have no soundness of mind, no steadfastness in their heart. There is no mercy triumphing over judgment because we don't know the word. And if there's anything you leave with tonight, anything you leave with, let it be this. Number one, Jesus loves you. And I love you. Number two, read your Bible. Don't come running to Mr. Dale to find out what's happening in the times. Like I did last night. But anyway, don't come running to Miss Pearl. Don't you come running to the church just to have them feed you. That's okay when you have a question. But that's not okay when you expect them to feed you and feed you and feed you. I might ask you how you prepared a strawberry pie Because I don't know how, but actually I do. I just made one the other day. It was delicious. But I might come to you to ask you, how do I prepare this food that I don't know how to make? And that's fine. But I can't come to you and ask you how to teach me every little detail of how to eat. That's what babies do. I come to this and I eat for myself and I love it. And I love the parts where you take a risk and just flop it open and it says, woe unto you, O Israel. I don't have to run from that because when it says it, it says, woe unto you if you don't come back to me. So I say, oh, just come back then. Every bit of this is good news. No matter what point you stop in, no matter where you open it up to, it is all good news, even if it is correcting you. The Bible says he corrects the people he loves. If you have no correction in your life, you are not loved. He loves the people he disciplines. You have no discipline. You have no love. Oh, I'm I'm on fire. I'm surprising myself, Mr. Dale. Trying to hold it back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The word of God. The Bible says every word is breathed out of the mouth of God. Refined by fire like gold. And while opinions are flying and posts are flying and shares and likes are flying and stones are flying, I'm just standing. I'm just standing. Paul said, when you've done everything to do to stand, you just stand. On what? This. A 12-year-old little girl got touched by the Holy Spirit and started reading this for herself. That's why I'm dangerous. Not to your family, not to your church, not to your children, but to hell. To your family, I'm medicine. To your children, I'm hope because of this. But to hell, I'm like a flaming fire and a sword. Because a 12-year-old little girl started reading this for herself. And I haven't stopped reading it. And I will not be moved. And if they take it from us, That's why we better engrave it on our hearts. Write it on the tablet of your heart. So when they come to me and they say, you are the worthless ones of this day. You are hate speech. You are liars. I have to stand and say 1 Peter 2, 9. I am one of the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for me, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. 1 John 3:1, what great love my father has lavished on me that I am called a child of God. He didn't sprinkle it, he lavished it. Psalm 11, blessed is the man who does not sit, walk, or stand with the ungodly, the scornful. Amen. Thank you, because it's the word of God. That's why it's amazing. I'm not bringing a jade message. I'm not bringing an inspirational message. I'm not bringing something to satisfy everybody's minds. I'm bringing them to satisfy your spirit and your soul. The truth. We stand on this. And I am telling you that in the middle of chaos, in the middle of trauma, in the middle of fear, This thing has me still smiling, laughing, jumping, traveling, preaching, teaching, loving, hugging, smiling, eating, eating, eating. It has me. It has us solid. The righteous are as bold as a lion. It is the wicked who flees when no man pursues. Psalm 1611, in the presence of the Lord, there is a fullness of joy. So if you are wrapped in depression, just get in the presence. We don't even need music for it. If they take our music away, all you need is a still heart. All you need is a still heart that opens up and says, Come,
1: Holy Spirit,
0: come. And those of you who already read this and eat this, go further and go deeper. This is our medicine, and this is our weapon. I have never been comforted by anything like this book. Never. Nothing has ever comforted me like this book, healed me like this book, went into my wounds and fixed them like this book. And I'm encouraging you in all of your talk, if people come and ask you questions, tell them, read it. Read it, read it, read it, open it, read it, open it, eat it. Do not neglect your Bible. Don't carry it in your car, keep it in your purse, and bring it to church when you are not opening it and reading it. (laughs) It's the bottom line. You have to read it for yourself. And ask the Holy Spirit, "Would you come and teach me?" He says, "You need no man to teach you. You have the anointing of the Holy Spirit." 1 John. That the Holy Spirit would come and teach you, as He's doing now through a Mexican Assyrian, five foot two. If it's not me teaching you, the Holy Spirit of God picked who would be in this room tonight. To say, come eat of my word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. And we're all looking for God like. And the word was God. And the passion says he was the living expression of God's heart. Jesus expressed to us how God felt. So when you couldn't see God's smile, Jesus brought it. When you didn't know how God felt about children, he showed us when he expressed it in Jesus, when he said, let the children come. And he laid his hands on their heads and blessed them. He showed us how God felt about children. Jesus expressed to us how God felt about sinners. He sat and he ate with them. And he showed us how God feels about self-righteousness. You snake. You brood of vipers, you think Abraham being your great granddaddy going to get you into heaven? He expressed to us how he felt is glorious hope for us who have sinned. That he sat with the sinners at the table and he expressed to us how God feels about sinners. Come eat with me. We'll talk our way out of that bondage. Because my word will wash and purify you, as the Bible says, the word does for the bride. The water of the word washes the bride from her stains. So he knows when he sits with you and he eats with you, he's washing you. That's why he says, all I need is for you to come. I'll wash you. I heard somebody say, we're trying to clean the fish and we ain't caught them yet. We're supposed to just catch them and bring them to the table and the great fisherman will clean them. He'll do, I ain't trying to do all that work. That's messy. That's too much. We're messy. I I ain't trying to clean nobody's mess. I'm trying to get you to the mess cleaner. That's none of my business. Go sit at the table of the Lord and he will wash you clean. But this word, I am telling you, this is going to show itself to be all there is. It says everything else will fade away. It will wither and die, but the word of the Lord will remain forever. And Jesus showed us what this book looks like. It looks like crucifixion because of love. Not raging judgment and hatred from God. It looks like crucifixion out of a deep love for people who are still turning their faces away. You know, he knew that this would happen. You know, he's not watching the news like we are to see what's happening today. You know, I have to check, like, did something blow up or something today? Or, you know, but Jesus isn't checking out the news for, you know, what's going on. He knows what's going on. And he died anyway. The Bible says in Psalm 103, he knew My heart from the beginning to the end, every thought and every word I would ever speak, and he yet yet loved me. Meaning, tomorrow, if you cuss, he already knew. So you don't have to go into three months of condemnation. (laughs) Because it said, yet he loved you. So if you cuss tomorrow, just get right. Run back and stop cussing. It's a curse. We turned it into cuss to make ourselves feel better. A cuss is a curse. Stop cursing. Anybody's toes hurting yet? Mm. <laughs> the word of the Lord shall remain forever. This is all I, I have to preach. I'm not building. They they trip out because we're young and we're not out for fame. Because we're young and we're not out for likes. I don't need your likes. I'm loved. We're not out for shares. We share the gospel. It's one big share. We don't compete. We're not competing. We're one family running the same race. I'm cheering. Keep up. Let's go. Andale. Get it, get it. Let's go. Stop on the tamales. Oh, that was me this afternoon for lunch. Okay, let's go back. This is what my life is. Like, this is it. And that's why my mind is well. My heart is well. Do I struggle? Yeah, but I'm well. Do I hear satanic accusations in my ear from fiery darts? Yeah, but I'm well because of Ephesians 6. I put on the full armor of God that I can withstand the wiles of the devil. And I have a shield and I have a helmet and I got shoes and I got a belt and I got a sword and I'm well. I would hate for those fiery darts to come on my naked bare body where Jesus said, you are naked and you are pitiful and wretched. Why? Because you don't love me. Revelation three. He didn't say you're wretched and pitiful. And naked and exposed because you're so wickedly sinful and you're so this and that. You know, he just brought it to one point. You don't love me. And you know, he, he showed me that in my own life like five years ago. I was dressed fly too. I looked good. Yeah, I looked good and I was feeling myself. I was in kickboxing, so it was a little toning going on. And my hair was nice, and I was preaching really good, and my voice, I was articulate and funny and everything. And Jesus, in his beautiful kindness, came to me. And he said, you don't love me. You love what I bring, but you don't love me. Ooh, in his loving kindness, he showed me. You're naked. You're wretched. You're pitiful. But I have a robe for you. I have anointing for your eyes. I got everything you need. Well, what do I have to do, Lord? What do I have to do? I want to get right. What do I do? Just come here. (laughs) That's why it's called the gospel. It's really good news. Just come here. What do I have to do for all of my unrighteousness to be rewritten? Come here. What do I have to do to fix my family and to fix the wrongs that I have done and to fix? Come here. You know what God was saying when He said, "Where are you, Adam? Come here." And Adam hid himself behind fig leaves and his wife, and they hid from God, and it changed our history. God was saying, come here. Well, I hear this thing tonight saying, come here. Come get in these arms. Come get washed clean. Come be purified. Come be inspired and motivated. Come be loved. Come be taught. Come be mentored. Come be midwifed. You remember the baby in Ezekiel that was born with no one to take care of him? The mama birthed him, but the baby just laid there in their own blood. Still connected to the cord. And God said,
1: I was your midwife.
0: I came and I cleaned you and I cut the cord and I raised you and you became beautiful. That's what this has done for me. This was my midwife. When I was birthed into a new season of following Jesus, this was my midwife. When God birthed me into greater works, this was my midwife. I didn't have anybody to come teach me, but the Holy Spirit came, and he taught me what he loves, Jesus Hallelujah. So I'm, I'm going to read a little bit. Are we ready? Okay, I'm going to read this from the Passion, since some of you like it. Romans 12. When you're there, let me know. You can wave. You can yeehaw. You can hallelujah. All right. Romans 12. All right, Romans 12, verse 11. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. If you read this, be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. If you read this in the King James, it says, stay fervent. The word fervent means to boil like water coming out of the pot. It's so hot and so full. What I love about this verse is it says, keep your fire boiling hot toward him. Sometimes our fire is boiling hot about him. And we go to war to defend him. I know what's right. And you're wrong. And we're boiling hot. I'm right. You're wrong. This is the Bible. That's not what it says. It says be boiling hot, fiery toward him.
1: Not about him.
0: It's okay to be passionate about him. Come on, Jeremiah. Come on, Isaiah. It's okay. But that's not what this is talking about. Be fervent for the Lord. Toward the Lord. Not just about the Lord. Some of us are fighting so hard to be right, we forgot about righteousness. I'd rather be righteous than right. Do you know sometimes I can be right, right in my fight and be wrong in my righteousness? Because God was really saying, be quiet, and I was too busy talking. And I was saying all the right things, and I was right about it, but I was wrong before God. Because being righteous is better than to be right. Right? And he says, be fervent, boiling hot toward the Lord. (laughs) This would be me going to God and saying, oh, you're so wonderful. I'm boiling over. I can't hardly take it. How long has it been since you felt that way? I can not hardly take it. I want to post about him and I want to write about him and I want to talk about him and call somebody. Just to talk about him. Ask these two girls. I don't ever shut up. I will be saying in my heart, shut up. They don't want to hear anymore. And I just keep going. I just keep talking about him. I think that's why the Lord blessed me with a gift to minister because he knew you're never going to shut up. I got to turn it into a calling. Oh, thank you. You know that we love what we talk most about. I can't sit with, if if Mr. Dell is so sweet, he sits at the table and he listens to us talk. We talk about all kinds of stuff. We laugh about stuff, this and that. And Mr. Dell just sits there. He kind of giggles a little bit. He'll laugh, especially if Miss Pearl tells a candle joke or something. But you get get a moment and you shift it to the Lord, Mr. Dell's in the conversation. And if there's a silent pause, Mr. Dell going to interject the Lord right in there. He's like, so how about the men times? We loving on Jesus. Mr. Dell and I sat at the table last night and we talked about what we loved. We lingered, we lingered, and we talked about the Lord. We talked about the word. This whole weekend we've been talking
1: about Jesus.
0: You love what you talk the most about. And if the most of what you're talking about is complaining, you love yourself. Don't be mad at me. I only preach what he had to say to me. (laughs) When you're complaining, you are thinking of all the things that aren't right by you. It's too hot for me. It's too cold for me. You're too loud for me. You're too short for me. You're too big for me. You're too quiet for me. You're too much. It's too too crazy. It's too this. Did you hear what they said about that? That offended me. They offended me with that. They're probably indirectly talking to me. I'm like, that is too much investment to think they might be talking about you. For me, they probably are. I don't care. (laughs) You get so close to the Lord, you just start kind of thinking, you know what? They'll probably like me tomorrow. They mad today. They like me tomorrow. They crucified him on Friday, loved him again on Sunday and everything like that, you know. We just learn to let it roll because we're in love with the Lord. you love what you talk the most about. you love what rolls in your head and if it's your complaints, it's you. Oh, he had to tell me, don't be mad at me, he had to tell me he said you you complain so much because you love you too much. excuse me. <laughs> Come again, you're supposed to be a good God. You ain't supposed to tell the truth like that. And so he says, be fervent, boiling hot
1: toward Jesus.
0: Ministries will fade away, but Jesus. People's love for you will fade from Monday to Tuesday their honor toward you their respect toward you will change you say one thing they don't like here come the stones you say what they do like here comes the roses but the lord's opinion is the same every day about me that's why i'm so comforted in our relationship every morning he feels the same about me every night when i go to bed he feels the same about me so i keep my fire burning Toward the Lord, not just about Him. Some of us can be so passionate about the Lord that our passion to the Lord is gone. Keep your fire boiling hot, keep your passion toward Him boiling hot. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Now, can we jump over somewhere else? Let's go to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. We're going to start in verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all of those virgins virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to sell to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Buy your own oil. Verse 10. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. Oh, my gosh. Woo. While They went to buy. Five kept the oil filled. Five kept the relationship alive. Five fell asleep. The word for sleep there, they slumbered and they slept. It's the word for indifferent. They weren't even necessarily uh, going out outrageously sinning. They were just indifferent. I'm neither here nor there. I'm not hot or cold. You'll know the scripture. Lukewarm. It says he came back and they ran to to the ones who had fire and oil and lamps burning. Give us your oil. No, go get your own. I've cultivated this for Jesus. I've got this oil for him. I bought it for him. I cultivated it for him. You can't come take my cultivation. Go get your own oil. It was too late. Paul said, keep your fire boiling hot toward the Lord. Because in Matthew 25, our bridegroom is going to come. It would be like your husband showing up for the wedding and you have no dress on. Sometimes we don't make it practical. We're like ten virgins, five foolish, five what? Like who's, who's hanging out with ten virgins? What, what are we? Let's just make it practical. The husband comes to his wedding and you have no dress. You have no makeup, you've been overeating. I'm talking spiritually, with no exercise. You're full of the word, you have exercised none of it, and we're overweight in the spirit. The bridegroom comes, we have no makeup, no adornment, no dress. And when he shows up, we start running. Give me your necklace. Give me your dress. Give me give me your give me your lipstick. Give me give me your ring. Give me adorn me, adorn me. No. And those who are already in their dresses, should they take their dress off? Should they take their their necklace off that they prepared for the Lord themselves and give it to them?
1: No, they bought that.
0: What I carry tonight, I bought. By walking with him, by choosing him, not because my own strength, but because of a yes, then the Holy Spirit. And so Paul says keep it burning hot for the Lord toward the Lord keep your relationship open and flowing and moving be honest with God keep talking to Jesus keep keep it flourishing so when he comes back you're not asleep you're not indifferent you're not here or there whatever i got fire if you got fire but if you don't i don't you know if we got a conference, I'm lit. <laughs> I'll cry. I'll feel the fire. We're at a conference. I'll lay on the floor. But, you know, we don't have conferences for if it's quarantine, no. <laughs> ain't no fire here. When I left Snyder for the first time when I came in March last year, she, they took me to the prayer house. And um, I could, I was trying to be cool, but I wanted to just start weeping because I felt the tangible presence of God. And I said, man, they, they bought their oil. Ms. Pearl talked about taking that building and it, went, it wasn't in that place, but it ended up in where it is now. That took time, cultivation, preparing a place for the Lord. You could feel it that he liked to be there. He goes where he's invited. He goes where you make room. You make a seat at the table, he comes. We have meetings. We write Jesus on a piece of paper. We put it in a chair. Jesus sits in our meetings. He comes where he's welcomed. I ran home, Ms. Pearl. I sent her a video and everything. And I cleaned my closet out. I took everything out. I went and bought paint. I painted the walls. I bought me a lion poster. Come on. I bought me a deer poster. He, uh, As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul panteth after you. Oh, God, I put that deer and I put that lion and I brought in my prayer chair. And I put all my Bibles on the top rack, took all the shoes out and all the clothes out. Get out of here. This is the Lord's room. I put on the I am 365 names of the Bible. And anybody who walks in that room feels the tangible presence of God as a closet. How does God fit in a closet? How does God fit in a prayer house? The most humble God in the only God. But the most humble entity being is God, that he fits himself in a closet because it was prepared for him. Make a prayer closet in your heart. Get all the junk out. (laughs) Some of us are welcoming Jesus into a crowded heart. Full of bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment, anger. Trauma, rehearsed trauma, pain, rehearsed words of other people, uh, selfish ambition and goals, self-motivation, Satan's lies. It's so full. You, oh come, Jesus, and the doors are locked, the windows are shut. Oh come, Lord Jesus, welcome, welcome. And is, where, where am I supposed to sit? <laughs> where, am, how do I get in? You know, he don't kick doors down. He gets keys. He's welcomed in. That's why he gave us our own will. So that you can say, will you come, Lord? He's a God who loves to be chosen. And so these wise virgins bought their oil. They cultivated their relationship. This 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 is a clear picture of effort. You don't buy unless you have money, and you don't have money unless you have work. You work at it, like any marriage. You work at cultivating a relationship. Oh, my heart is hard. My, my heart is hard. Okay, God, this is hard for me to face this. I don't want to face this, but I'm going to bring it to you. Ah, it's hard, and I know that you want to deal with it, and I don't want to let it go yet, but can we do this together? Can we work on this together? Can we cultivate, work at it, partnership, so that we're not like those that start running to other people's tables to take their food to present it to the Lord? Because we're sitting at our own table in the presence of our own enemies. Psalm 23. <laughs> I shall prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Your enemies will multiply in the days ahead. This isn't a prophecy for me. It's out of the book. The whole world hates you. It's okay. They hated me. You remember that? So you need a table to sit at (laughs) because you're going to have enemies. And you haven't cultivated a table or put food out on the table or have fruit on the table. Where are you going to sit? Where are we going to go? In the song, song of Songs in 2.15, the Lord says, catch the troubling foxes that are eating from our garden, trampling the fruit in our garden. Get rid of those foxes. Get rid of those little thoughts that rob your whole day and replace them with worship to Jesus. Get rid of those iniquities. Get rid of those addictions. Get rid of those habits. Get rid of those patterns. They're foxes. They steal from us. It's a picture of a garden that you cultivate and a gate you keep locked except for the Lord. Keep your fire boiling hot toward the Lord. And without this, I don't know how you would do it. You can. not You're living off of someone else's sermon. I tell people all the time, don't you watch 15 of my YouTube videos and act like you've been with the Lord. Get out of here. Turn this stuff off. Don't make me an idol. Don't make these preachers an idol. Don't make Miss Pearl an idol by listening to her and calling it enough. Don't make us idols by not feeding on the word for yourself. Because we don't have what you need. We can lead you to it, but we're not it. I can lead you to the man, but I'm not him. And at some point, that well will run dry. But he says, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. You'll never be thirsty again. Hallelujah. I'm going to read one more scripture and I am done. Mark. Mark 13. Mark chapter 13. We're going to go to the end of the chapter. And start in verse 32. But of that day, talking about the day that the Lord returns... Of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming. In the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all. Watch. He says, lest coming he finds you sleeping. The word for sleeping is indifferent. I'm neither here nor there. Did I read from the right place? Okay. Um, Mark 13, verse 32 through 37. Lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping, and what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. The word watch is like look intimately at. We always think like, you know, you see anything over there? We're all scared. You know, I'm not scared of the coming of Christ. This is like the best news. He's coming to get me. If, if we're scared, I used to be scared because I wasn't ready. <laughs> I, I wasn't ready for him to come, so I was scared. Now I'm like, he's coming to pick me up on a white horse limousine like, white horse on clouds. He's coming down with a tongue that's like a sword and eyes like fire and hair white as snow. He's not coming in that womb this time. He's coming back as king of glory. That's my king. You know, we get excited about our teams winning games. We get excited about our kids hitting home runs or, you know, hitting home runs. Yes, that's correct. Hitting grand slams. I was thinking touchdowns. Running for the touchdown. We get excited about these things in life. And then when we say the king of glory is coming, we get afraid. Because we don't know him. When you know somebody that you love so intimately and so dearly and you know they're coming, The spirit and the bride say, come. Not wait, hold on. No, 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 I'm not ready. The spirit and the bride say, come. And behold, I am coming quickly. Anybody go on Jesus' time where you say something 2,000 years ago and you're just still waiting? <laughs> What's quick mean to you, Lord? You know. And so, but he meant what he said. And the Bible says the only reason he waits is because he longs for us. He longs for us so deeply. The Bible says he waits because he longs that all. He wishes that none would perish and everyone must hear it. Everyone must hear it. He won't let one go. Doesn't that say something about his nature? No, I want them all to know. I want them all to hear. Oh, no, no, they didn't hear over there in the jungle. Send uh, Nat and Jade uh, over there to the jungle. Okay, now they know. Check. Okay. I want to make sure they know over there in Africa. Can you send Pearlene out there, Mr. Dale? All right, make sure that they. Oh, we need to know that they know in Mexico. Can you send me, Jade, and Nat out there? Okay. All right, they heard the glorious God. They heard it good too. They heard it good. No, excuse, I was good preaching. Can you send them to the oh, they don't know in the prison. Send Mr. Dale out there to the prison, please. Let's get him in the prison. Want to make okay, all right, that's good. He's gonna make sure everybody hears the fullness of the glorious gospel. Let's say something about our wonderful father. But he is coming soon. And I'm not trying to put a time stamp. You know, he's coming October 5th, 2022. What? Stop. The Bible says, (laughs) Mr. Dale's ready. He's like, is that prophecy? And so I'm I'm not trying to say that. He's been coming soon since Paul was writing. We're in the last hour. We've been in the last hour for six billion hours. But it's really, truly been the last hour when you are from the kingdom of God. It is a whole different time zone. It has really been a dark hour. For us over here in our flesh, it has been these years and these centuries of crying out and wanting God and come back and have a move. But to God, it's been one dark hour, but I will come. And I will come quickly. But they must all hear. And this is the best part of our story. His coming is the best part of our story. He takes us up to that great wedding feast. (laughs) So I'm not sending out maybe to the unbelievers warnings. Get ready. Watch. Get right with God. But to the believers were waving these banners. He said, he's coming. Our king is on the way. My husband's coming. coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming with rewards in his hands. I'm excited. So I want to encourage you tonight. There's only two things I came to do. To tell you to read it. For yourself, read it. All by yourself, read it. Wake up earlier. Take your lunch break. Go through a drive through, and sit in your car, if that's all the time you have, and read it. Turn Facebook off. Have borders and limits on your social media. We are addicted. Turn it off. Now she's preaching a hard gospel. They're going to get stones over that one. Mr. Dell, that gets stones. It violates their personal life. Because the Facebook has become our Bible. Instagram's become our Bible. What it says is happening, that's what's happening. But the word of God says, in the last days, you can know it's the last days, because the hearts of many will grow cold because of lawlessness. But you, First Thessalonians 5.5, 5, you are the children of the day. You don't live in the night. You don't live in the darkness. You don't live in lawlessness. You're the children of the day. You're the children of the light. Philippians 2.15, you shine like the stars in the universe. So when thick blackness comes over the earth, no worries, you're still a star. You're still full of light. The only time that stars shine in the universe is when there's thick darkness. He says, you shine like stars in the universe. So in this thick darkness, which will get darker, we just keep shining. This word tells us what's going on and what to do about it and how to know if you know the truth. So read this, number one, and number two, keep the fire burning. B, would you come back? Keep the fire burning. You know what you do when husbands and wives begin to get cold toward each other? They start cultivating again. You want to go to dinner? You know, like we did before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's awkward again. Like you've been married 15 years and it's awkward again to go to eat because you ain't been to eat together. And they get all dressed up and they start acting like, you know, it's their first time to see. They they were in the same bed, you know, the night before, got up together. But still, when they go to dinner, they're like, "Uh, so you look beautiful. You too, you look handsome. So they start over. It's beautiful to start over. You can always start over with God. Every day is a start over. His mercies are new every morning. Every morning you wake up, you have a brand new mercy to cover that day. You don't even have to worry about yesterday. Every morning is a brand new mercy. I wake up in a brand new mercy. You begin to cultivate that relationship. These are some things that I do. And I didn't talk about these for a long time because I felt like people would make fun of me. But then I realized it might help people. And I started sharing with people. I buy God greeting cards. Especially for Christmas. Okay. Merry Christmas, you know, Christmas. (laughs) I hope you enjoy Christmas, Christmas, you know. I buy him cards on Valentine's Day. You know, the Lord's been my Valentine's. For two decades. I'm 32. At 12 years old, I put a promise ring on my finger and I've kept the promise because of the power of the Holy Spirit. It is not possible without the Holy Spirit. But with the Holy Spirit, with God, all things are possible. And I'm still waiting and I'll wait until the Lord comes. If this man doesn't look like the Lord. Period. But I buy the Lord greeting cards and on Valentine's Day, we all do it. We buy the Lord Valentine cards. If the whole world's going to celebrate love, we may as well celebrate love. I write him letters early in the morning. This is not to glorify me. It's to welcome you into something real where we stop uh, praying fake prayers we don't mean. Because we're in church or we're before people, and so we utter stuff we don't even mean. I'm welcoming you into something real. I get in my car, and I drive with the Lord. You won't see me for about 45 minutes to an hour. They don't even ask. And I'm just driving with the Lord. And sometimes there's rage coming out, and I have to let it all out. I have to let him know what's going on, and he's patient, and he listens. And then he corrects me, and then he heals me. And sometimes it's like singing the songs, and it's like I'm overwhelmed by how good you are. There's butterflies, and there's everything. And sometimes there's confusion. And sometimes there's rejection from man that feels like rejection from God. And I've got to go through things just like everyone in this room. But we drive. We drive. Sometimes we turn the music up and roll the windows down. And I make sure it's music he likes. I ask him, what do you want to listen to? We drive. I buy the Lord flowers. Every week, it's a new set of flowers. You know, they last sometimes for almost a month and a half, two months. Am I telling the truth? They just last because they're his flowers. He said, truly, you are my rose. In the song of song, he called me a rose. And then he said, I am the rose of Sharon. I am the lily of the valley. He loves flowers. He made them. I get him flowers. I take him for tacos and I eat what he leaves. That's none of y'all's business. <laughs> Absolutely none of y'all's business. <laughs> and I sing him songs and I, and I don't even sing good, but it's not about that. Yeah. I do for him. You know, the Bible says, love, the, love others the way that you want them to love you. Well, it came from his principle. So I love him the way I would want to be loved. Sometimes it's the only thing I know to do. I love beautiful flowers. I love roses. So I get him the best. I love going on drives, rolling the windows down, thumping the bass, not talking, just roll it down, let's go. We connecting through the music. So I want to take him with me. I imagine he loves the wind he created it. I imagine he loves the sound he created sound. So I invite him into it. But I'm inviting you to cultivate a fiery passion for a God you know. How do you express love? Give it to him that way. I was in a church service one time and a guy had been so radically touched by the Holy Spirit. He came out of some stuff just like me. He came out of some, and I grew up loving Jesus at 12, but we all come out of stuff. <laughs> no one came out of more or less stuff. We all went through the hell before him. We were all in hell before him. He went through some stuff, and in the middle of the service, he would just shout, like, Hallelujah! <laughs> everybody would turn and look like, you shut this man up. You know, everybody with their prim, proper clothes and everything, and their legs crossed and everything, and sitting nice in their seats and, you know, didn't want to cry and worship even if they felt the tug, you know, because my mascara and everything. People who don't want to dance and shout because I don't want to be undignified like David. (laughs) Me too. I'm not going to spin and all that. You know what people do when they spin? They're saying thanks. You know what they do when they shout hallelujah and it sounds like it rips through your soul and they interrupt the service? They get God's attention. You want to know what people are doing when they're, you know, shooting things into the sky and throwing stuff up? You know, I'm doing it. Y'all didn't see nothing tonight. Just give me some drums. I'm throwing my praise in the air. I'm going to, take it. I love you. Take it. I love, I'm going to do it. Because this gospel is not about me. And this life is not about me. It is about giving him every ounce of who I am before I go. The Bible says you work while it is yet day. You give while it is yet day. Do you know there's going to come a time you will no longer be able to jump in your physical body for God? You'll not be able to praise him again in flesh. You'll be in the spirit. And you'll look back on your days in the flesh and wish you had jumped. Simple things. You'll wish you had waved with what you had. You'll look back and you wish you had said, Hallelujah! With the voice that he gave you. Because there'll come a time where, of course, spirit cries to spirit. Of course, spirit responds in spirit, but while I am in my flesh that holds me down, while I am in my flesh that wants to provoke sickness, that is sinful by nature, and I praise him in my flesh, I have done something with a moment. The Bible says your life is but a vapor. The word vapor means... (gasps) Your life is a, uh, until you live for. Uh, I could have kept. <laughs> I could have done. And so you have your, uh, to determine your, uh, and people spend their oh, living for the oh, and then when they get to uh oh, they're like oh. because they wasted their lives they wasted their bodies the bible says do you not know that your body is the temple of the holy spirit do you not know that god made your body a church you do with your church. (laughs) But we're still living, aren't we? And we're still breathing, and we have this. (gasps) To give him all that he deserves out of us. I can never. Some people say, you think that was too much? (laughs) Like tonight's service If I died when I left tonight, I've got to stand before the face of God. Your face won't be there. You won't be there to say, yeah, she made me feel good. You know what? She really offended me. Send her to hell. You know, you won't be there. It's going to be me and God. And God is going to look over my words tonight and say, did you speak my truth? And did you say it in power? Did you say what I asked you to say? I'm going to stand before God at the end. And if I were to leave here tonight, I would have had to have brought you the whole thing. All that I had. Read the Bible.
1: Cultivate the fire. By your